going on, everyone? It's Kyle Henderson along with Tony Sukalis. This is the BAM Factor Daily. Thank you very much for watching. We appreciate you guys more than you know. Uh, Tony, how's it going today? It's going pretty well. Uh, big night for Alabama basketball last night. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, and that's kind of where I wanted to start. And, and first off, uh, if everybody could definitely hit the thumbs up, uh, like, and subscribe, we really appreciate that. A lot of moving parts on Bama Insider, and uh, you guys make uh, things go round for us. So we appreciate you more than you know. Um, we're going to talk about Alabama basketball, of course, to lead off the show. We're going to talk about um, potentially Alabama's new offensive line coach, Doug Marone. Um, Alabama could theoretically have two head coaches on the staff from the NFL. We're going to dive into that. And then we're going to talk about uh, some freshmen that could break out um, this coming season that played less than 150 snaps, right, Tony? Is that it? Yeah, that's the that's the kind of ramifications or qualifications we uh, we put in for that, that story. <laughs> Okay, cool. So um, let's let's get right into it. And let's talk about this Alabama basketball team, because I think, um, you know, we generally cover, you know, football and, and rightfully so. But what Alabama basketball is doing right now is quite simply um, incredible. I mean, the way that they started out last night, it was it was crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Alabama defeats LSU. 105 to 75 and it was funny because the game before it was like a, a pac 12 game and it was like 65 to like 59 <laughs> and then the next game alabama almost has like 65 by halftime or whatever alabama is now seven and zero in sec play 12 and three overall petty went off uh 24 points he made eight three-pointers last night your general thoughts about this basketball team nate oates has this program rolling um kind of your your take from last night and then let's kind of talk about alabama basketball in general this is exactly the kind of team that Nate Oates wanted to build at Alabama. It, it shoots threes, it hustles, it plays defense. Like let's let's also not forget the fact that Alabama, despite hitting the threes, despite having like an early twenty point lead, they were running up the they were beating LSU in energy too. You know, and this is a real blue collar team. So when the shots are falling like this and the energy is happening and, and the team's playing defense, I mean, this is the team that Nick Nate Oates, you know, envisioned it, it. You know, I think they had 14 turnovers or something like that, maybe 16 turnovers. I can't remember. Um, so there's things to clean up. But when you look at this Alabama team, this is about, you know, it, Nate Oates claims it hasn't quite reached its ceiling, but it's pretty close. And I, I mean, look, the team last night, the way that they played would have beaten any team in the nation. I mean, yeah. when you shoot 53% from three, you're going to win any game you play. And so um, that really shows you that this Alabama team can beat anyone. Um, I think if it started right now, the tournament, you'd have to put them as like, what, a two or a three seed. And, you know, they're going to be a tough out in the tournament if they keep on playing like this. And, and look, they did all this without uh, Jordan Bruner, you know, a, a starting forward, a guy that can really contribute as well. So uh, really bright times for Alabama basketball. Yeah, it's really incredible to, to see kind of the year over year uh, transformation of this program. And I never would have thought that they, that they would be seven and zero in conference play at this point um, during the season. And one thing that really stands out about these guys is the fact that they can put so many points on the scoreboard. I mean, 105 points is fun to watch, uh, but it's ridiculous, you know, how when they heat up. I mean, like you said, you know, nobody in America could probably beat them last night just because they are lights out. Um, tell me a little bit about this team. I know, you know, John Petty led uh, the way with 24 points. And um, who, are, who are some other contributors, other guys who are kind of catching some attention, earning kind of that blue collar um, title from Nate Oates? I think last night you, you saw really Alabama's full potential. You got had 
guys like Javon Quinterly make six threes. Joshua Primo made six threes. I mean, Quinterly's a you know McDonald's All American that transferred to Alabama last year. Had to sit out due to NCAA rules, so he's really you know coming in as a as a, a point guard. And it, it seems like he's kind of getting it more. I think you know that they had to kind of pl- preach that blue collar mentality to him, and I think you know he's kind of picking that up more. And then you got a guy like Joshua Primo who, you know, has the potential to be a lottery pick um, at some point in his career. Probably not this year, but, I mean, who knows? I mean, if he, keep, if he keeps on like like last night, I mean, maybe. But uh, uh, you got those two guys. You got a, a workhorse in Herb Jones, a, a guy that, you know, is going to be in the NBA next year. He, he improved his, his uh, overall game, his offensive game, but really it's his defense and his – just intangibles that just kind of stand out for this team. You just got so much depth on this team too. Look, I didn't even mention Jaden Shackelford who who didn't have a three last night, but is one of the Alabama's better three point shooters. Um, Obviously you've got John Petty. Um, You you got guys off the bench, Keon Ellis, Jawan Gary, those guys are, they can hustle. They can really, you know, uh, provide points off the bench. Um, so th- there's just a lot, uh, you know, I- I'm missing a few guys as well, but like, you know, th- there's a lot of guys, Alex Reese, there's a lot of guys that can really kind of contribute on this team. It's, it's as deep of an Alabama basketball team as I've seen since I've been covering the team. Yeah, really incredible to watch. And, um, you know, we'll continue to track them. I believe um, I have it written down somewhere. Their uh, next game will be against uh, Mississippi State at Coleman Coliseum, and that'll be on Saturday. So we'll have uh, coverage and, and, of course, a game story uh, following the game. And that will be on BamaInsider.com. Um, here with Tony Sukalis at BamaInsider.com. This is the Bama Factor Daily, Daily Bama Factor, whatever you want to call it. We're coming to you every single day. Yesterday, we had Andrew Bone and Mick Gillespie uh, talking about, you know, recruiting for Alabama. And I think a lot of people are interested to see what happens with uh, this coaching staff, clearly. And you look at Charles Huff, you look at Kyle Flood, you look at Jeff Banks. Those guys played an integral role in Alabama's um, overall uh, recruiting efforts. And now Alabama potentially could be reaching to the NFL for another assistant hire. And that's going to be Doug Marone, who is expected to be hired as an offensive line coach. Um, Tony, uh, kind of uh, give everybody kind of the update. Everybody's read all the stories out there um, that he could be. The, he could, He's expected to be the coach. It hasn't been formally announced. Um, neither has Bill O'Brien, by the way. But um, wh- what do we know about uh, Doug Marone? Yeah, so he's coached. He's been, you know, a, a head coach for a while. Now he coached the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then before that, he coached the Buffalo Bills. Um, he's got plenty of co- head coaching experience. He's also got plenty of experience coaching offensive line. Um, look, there's Alabama's bringing in multiple. I mean, how, how many NCAA programs bring in two former NFL coaches in the same, you know, offseason with him and Bill O'Brien, who actually worked together at Georgia Tech uh, in the late 90s? Um you know, they're coming in. So that, you know, Alabama's going to have plenty of experience on this staff. And then look, like there's a chance, you know, there's at least some, some reports said that, you know, uh, Kevin, someone could be, a, you know, a, a possibility at the tight end special teams. And then, you know, you've got, obviously you've got Nick Saban. There's a lot of people on this offense that are going to, uh, to, to no head coaching, you know? So um, th- that experience should, should pay off for Alabama you know, and, and I think, you know, when you look at it, uh, Doug Marone, he, he has college experience too. Obviously he has pro experience. I think when you talk about recruiting, he's a guy that, you know, has recruited, he's recruited in the SEC at Tennessee and, and, and Georgia uh, in, in the early 2000s. Um, but 
I think when you're when you're talking to recruits now with Bill O'Brien and Doug Marone, what you're saying is we've got two guys here that know the NFL, that have NFL connections, that are recently coached NFL teams. And I think that's maybe the push Alabama would make in recruiting is, you know, Alabama's become such an NFL factory. Well, now they've got those connections right there that you can see. And it's almost like, you know, they're becoming a, a little mini NFL coaching staff as well. I think I think you're right. I mean, you hit on a great point. I mean, why Alabama, right? You have all these, you know, factors that contribute to coming to Alabama when you're a recruit or if you're a current player. Um, and, and this is why. I mean, who else, like you said, who else is going to go out there and add NFL coaches, not not assistant coaches, former head coaches to Alabama? And it's pretty incredible what Nick Saban's able to do and the connections that he has. Um, so if, if Doug Marone does go through, he'll be the offensive line coach here at Alabama. So stay with BamaInsider.com as we continue to track all this information information but uh bill o'brien former uh, head football coach with the texans and then uh doug marone former head football coach with the jaguars potentially both joining alabama's staff and then uh, like you said kevin sumlin i mean that could be an incredible addition as well uh coaches that are currently still staying for the most part pete golding um i know there was some chatter that you know texas was really interested from the from the sources that i've talked with um that would definitely was was uh something that was real texas you know threw uh, money at pete golding so um from what i gather nick saban really wanted pete golding to stay um, I know a lot of people have different opinions about Pete Golding and kind of the Alabama defense, but um, I would assume that Pete Golding's, you know, probably going, going to get a raise going into the season. Tony, what are your thoughts on Pete Golding um, kind of overall in the Alabama defense before we get to our, our next topic? I mean, because I think when you look at Alabama this past season, a lot of people just look at the offense, right? Najee Harris, Mac Jones, Devontae Smith all the great things that they did. Now, while the defense was young, uh, the defense definitely contributed to this perfect season. Your take on uh, Pete Golding, kind of just uh, the the defense um, under his scheme. So the defense this past season, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. And I think Alabama fans are, are used to great defenses. And it didn't have to be great this year. I think Alabama's defense was just okay or, or just good. Um, but it didn't have to be because the offense was so good. I think this coming year, they're going to need the defense to lead the way. I mean, when you look at the the people coming back on this defense, um, you know, you got uh, Chris Allen, you've got Will Anderson, uh, Christian Harris, uh, you know, DJ Dale, Justin Aboigbe, you know, um, Jordan Battle. Like those guys, you're going to have to 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 lead with that defense. It's going to have to be improved because Alabama's offense, while I still think is really talented and is going to put up points. It's not going to be the same offense as it was last year. They just can't with, you know, it, not only is it losing some of the playmakers, it's losing some of the offensive line. And it, there's going to be some growing pains. I, I still think it's going to be a good offense, but I think they might have to lean more on the defense. I don't think they're going to be able to blow everyone out of the water per se all the time. Um, so they're going to need some more stops. I think, I think Golding's a capable defensive coordinator. I think he's kind of gotten a little bit of a harsh time. Uh, look, it's impossible to go back to the 2011 defense, you know, maybe even the 2016 defense. It's just th those defenses don't happen as much anymore, just with, with the way that games change, especially the 2011 defense or, or the 2009 defense. Some people have gone back to that one as well. The game's more spread out now, and I, I think it's just really hard to have those expectations when it comes uh, to that dominance on, on defense. It's just not the way that college football's played right now. Uh, so I, I think that there could definitely be some improvements needed for, from Golding's defense, but I also think it's probably taken on too much criticism for the, or more criticism rather than, than it's deserved. 
With Tony Sukalis, the Bama Insider, this is the Bama Factor, the Daily Bama Factor, a, a new show we've kind of added into the rotation because when I think you look at our channel overall, you know, we wanted to bring you something daily in the morning and kind of deviate from our evening schedule. Now, I know a lot more people are on in the evening times, but um, there's so much news to kind of track and we're not going to completely go away from our evening shows because, um, you know, we, we love and, and enjoy bringing that to you, but just kind of the, the different front considering there's no college football um, during this time. But as you know, the, the news doesn't stop and we'll continue to bring you um, coaching updates and coaching candidates back, back at BamaInsider.com. We have a whole list of kind of who's leaving, who's coming back. Um, also just posted the scholarship tracker. Right now I have Alabama at 91 unofficially, but I've gone through every single guy um, meticulously and you can get all that at Bama Insider as well. Andrew Bone put up um, the big, big board uh, for the class of 2022, definitely go check that out on the recruiting front. Lists all the guys and um, has notes on each of those guys. Alabama turns the page to the class of 2022. My name is Kyle Henderson at BamaInsider.com. He's Tony Sukalis. Uh, Tony, before uh, we, we get to uh, the freshmen that we're going to talk about, guys who have played less than 50, 150 snaps, um, who we think could make a, a bigger impact in 2021, um, you, you talked about it. The defense uh, was young this year. I mean, so much talent returning on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Christian Harris will lead the way at the inside linebacker position. William Anderson, he was the freshman of the year by the um, – what What was the award, that he, the official award? He, the Sean, Alex Sean Alexander Award, by the, and it's given by the Football Writers Association of America, which is one of the – you know, the, when, when you're looking at, like, unanimous All-Americans – that's one of the guys that that's one of the you know, groups that that decide that. So it's a, it's a big award. Um, it's a new award. I think it's only the third one that they, they, they started it. it. I think it went to Trevor Lawrence first. And so but it's like he's the third one to win it. But, it, you know, it's, it's obviously a big national honor to, to be recognized as the top uh, freshman. Will Anderson had the most sacks of any freshman in the nation, which, you know, it's pretty, pretty big honor as well. Definitely. And um, I mean, some, someone is saying, um, you know, there could potentially be some some weak points on this defense. But I mean, the experience is coming back, especially on the defensive line. I love it. Right. I mean, Justin Abogbe, um, kind of leading the way, uh, you know, after uh, Christian Barmore leaves, you have, um, you know, DJ Dell, you have. Um, I, I mean, kind of a, a wealth of guys with Darren Mathis coming back, the outside linebackers with Chris Allen coming back uh, and the secondary DeMarco Hellams, um, uh, Jordan Battle. I mean, it's it pretty incredible to see all those guys coming back for that nucleus. That's definitely going to be uh, their strength, wouldn't you say, or, or at least from an experience standpoint going into 2021? Yeah, yeah. I think that defensive front's going to be pretty big. And look, they've, they're bringing in some some talented guys as well. You know, um, Dallas Turner is a guy that, you know, is a super talented guy. And um, that that defensive front, that should be able to provide pressure too. I mean, like other guys too that come in, like Drew Sanders didn't really play, but he played a lot on special teams, but he didn't really play. That's a guy that we were, you know, expecting to, to kind of come in. So there's a lot of guys too that I think that the depth will be there, the talent will be there. Um, and, and I expect this defense to get a lot of pressure on the other team um, this coming season. All right. Here with uh, Tony Sukalis. This is a daily Bama factor. And uh, we're talking kind of a variety of standpoints. So if you missed it, you can always rewatch it and then we'll upload it as a podcast as well. We appreciate you guys being here. Uh, Tony wrote a story today. You could check it out um, in its entirety on BamaInsider.com and kind of highlighting uh, some freshmen that 
we expect to have a significant role, more of more of a role in 2021. Guys who played less than 150 snaps. So keep that, please keep that in mind as we segue to this next topic because um, you know there's there's plenty of freshmen that played well over 150 snaps. You know, 500 snaps like Malachi Moore, Brian Branch, um, you know, even Tim Smith, guys like that played a, a ton as freshmen. But these are the guys who didn't play. Um, over 150 snaps. So keep that in mind. Uh, Tony, tell us about the article and then we'll kind of dive into the uh, the specific players you mentioned today. Yeah. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of dive into some of these guys. You know, we always talk about the, the next freshman to break out. You know, we wrote about uh, some, some of the some of the freshmen that could break out this this coming season that are incoming. And I think you sometimes you forget about the guys that maybe didn't play too much during their first season. So I, I wanted to get, you know, it, inside that, you know, that 150 snap range, and that's counting special teams too. Um, uh, just those those players that maybe necessarily didn't see the field as much. You, you can't forget about them because Alabama's got a lot of those guys, as you'll see as we go through the names, are, are big time uh, difference makers. And I think you know probably the best way to start is the obvious guy is Bryce Young, obviously because he doesn't because he only plays quarterback. He's going to be under that 150 snap count, so he's kind of the most obvious name on the list. But obviously. Um, it's a good one to start with because he's definitely going to be a difference maker this coming season. Yeah. Bryce young. And it's really incredible. We've talked about Bryce young, uh, you know, I think on Monday night quarterback, I have a video kind of talking about, um, you know, Paul Tyson and, and Bryce young guys, you know, who have different abilities who come into the season leading the quarterback room. But with Bryce Young specifically, he only threw the football 22 times in 2021. We've gone over this several times, but what, what are you looking forward to most from Bryce Young besides him leading the offense into 2021? And no, we're not forgetting about Paul Tyson or Jalen Milrow. We're just specifically talking about Bryce Young. So before you mention that, we're, we're talking Bryce Young right now. So, um, Tony, for you, what are you looking forward to most about Bryce Young and um, you know how he can orchestrate this offense? You know, I think in an ideal world for Alabama that there's a spring practice, Bryce Young goes in, Bryce Young wins the job because I think that's going to be key for him to just cement his spot. And I, and I think everyone, you know, I don't want to forget about Paul Tyson or Jalen Miller either, but I think everyone expects Bryce Young to win this job. It, it's it's a lot more straightforward, um, you know, than it's been in the past after Alabama loses a big time quarterback. So I so I think the, in an ideal world, Bryce Young comes in, he wins the job, he gets that confidence because I think that's really the missing step for Bryce uh, to kind of take his game to the next level. I think when you saw him come in late last late last year in these games where, you know, most of the time he's just handing the ball off, but when he does get a chance to throw, there's a lot of times where he held onto the ball too much, took a sack, took a fumble. Um, I think some of that is just he needed those opportunities to 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 make things happen. And I think what he really wanted to do was to, to prove that, Hey, I am this five-star, you know, quarterback that can make these plays. And I think he's probably trying too hard, but when you look, if you give him that offense, he has that confidence and he knows that he doesn't have to make these plays that he can be more poised. You combine that with, you know, the fact that he's going to be another year more experienced and more polished. I, I think I'm expecting big things, but I think that starts in the spring. If he's able to really cement his spot, if he struggles in the spring, you know, I just think he needs that confidence. He needs that first step of confidence. I, I, I feel personally that he'll get that in the spring. Here with Tony Sukalas talking about freshmen who played less than 150 snaps during the 2020 season um, and who we anticipate to, you know, kind of have a breakthrough in 2021 with more opportunities. The next player we're talking about is Jace McQuellen. 
Uh, Jace McClellan, very talented running back, as everybody saw this past season. We saw um, some glimpses of speed and um, kind of that breakaway ability from McClellan. Uh, why, why don't you talk about Jason, um, a, a player that I, I think a lot of people are excited about? I mean, right here he ran for 245 yards uh, as a freshman with two touchdowns. I mean, really small sample size, but whenever, whenever you're, you know, averaging 10.65 carries or 10.65 yards a carry, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I know he had a couple of, had like an 80 yard run and, you know, a, a couple of really big runs, but he's a guy that can break tackles and he can make people miss. And I think he's a really com complete back. I, there's a chance that he competes for the starting job. I mean, look, there's no certainty. We, we don't necessarily know Brian Robinson's future. Mm -hmm. If he comes back, he's probably going to be the starter. But let's say Brian Robinson doesn't come back. Well, you've got Trey Sanders, who's a five-star talent, really talented, also coming off of two season-ending injuries. So, you know, how is he going to come back um, from those? And, and can Jace McClellan kind of push him for the starting job if, if, if that's the battle? Um, either way, though, I think Jace is going to get a lot of more opportunities this coming season. And he's a guy that can really do everything – uh, we, we haven't seen him catch the ball out of the backfield much that, you know, like I said, really small sample size. Um, it's interesting. And, you know, take this with a grain of salt, but he actually had a better offensive grade. Once again, I want to, I want to remind you guys, very small sample size than Najee Harris, uh, which just, <laughs> I'm not saying he's a better running back than Najee Harris, but I'm saying that like as great of a season as Najee Harris did in the small sample size that we saw from, from Jace, he was able to kind of match that or even slightly do better. Um, so it, it just shows you the potential he is. That's the kind of point I really wanted to make with that stat. But he's a guy that, to really be excited about uh, from an Alabama perspective. The next freshman we're talking about is Des Moines Kennedy. I, I think coming in, you know, every single freshman that comes into Alabama, these expectations are, are incredible, right? You have all these guys that come in and if they don't, specifically play their first year you know a lot of people might say something negative and it's like slow down you know you got to look at the depth chart where these guys are fitting in you might need to put some more weight on them they might need to learn this the scheme whatever it may be um Dwayne Kennedy six foot three 215 pounds or at least that's when he came in I'm sure he's probably like 225 now or even even more so than that uh from Theodore Alabama what, what are you expecting from uh Des Moines Kennedy he's someone that I mean of course we're all really excited to see yeah, he was kind of a forgotten five-star for it. I mean, he's the number one kid in, in the state, according to us. Um, and he's a guy that I, I think he just came into Alabama a little light. I'm sure that not having a spring camp really kind of hurt him. And then also, Alabama was stacked at inside linebacker. I mean, look at all the people you would have to beat out. It, they're still stacked at inside linebacker. But I think with the loss of Dylan Moses and now Joshua McMillan, I think there's a little bit more opportunity to push. I still expect the starting two inside linebackers to be Christian Harris and then, then one of Shane Lee or Jalen Moody. But right in that second team, I, I think the Kennedy can kind of get in there. And then who knows? I mean, if he's able to bulk up, he might be able to push for a starting spot, depending on how those other guys do. But I think you're going to see him on the field a lot more. Uh, well, especially than last year where I think he had like what six snaps and especially barely played last year. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that's a lot because of Alabama's depth. And then also because I think he just needs to, to bulk up. So if he's able to do that, I think he's a really talented kid. Obviously he's one of the best players in the 2020 class. And um, he's a perfect example of you just can't forget about these kids just because they don't make an instant impact. A lot of it is circumstantial 
towards the position that they play. Um, there, there, there's kids, you know, there's several kids on, on this list too. You know, Chris Broswell, when I, when I made this list, he, he didn't make this list, but he's another kid. Don't forget about him. Another five-star kid at the outside linebacker position, just a position where Alabama has a lot of depth. And this is the reason why I did a story like this is because, you know, you kind of forget about a Des Moines Kennedy and, and you shouldn't because he's one of the more talented players that Alabama has in terms of prospects. Here with Tony Sukal is talking about a couple of freshmen to watch. Now, these aren't, you know, the premier freshmen that you saw play for Alabama uh, this past season. These are guys who played less than a 150 snaps. So please keep that in mind um, while we're on this uh, topic. The next guy we're talking about, uh, Javon Baker. I mean, Javon Baker, uh, I, I think there was a time where people were like chanting for this guy to get on the field. They were like, Javon Baker, especially when Jalen Waddle went down. Um, we saw more of Slade Bolden, saw a little bit of Xavier Williams towards the end of the season. But Javon Baker clearly um, is a guy that people want to see play because, you know, he's a bigger wide receiver with elite speed, came in here out of Georgia. Um, kind of has that alpha uh, mentality about him, like what I saw from him at the high school level. I haven't seen a large sample size. Your take on Javon Baker. I think when you're looking at this list that I put together, it, it, it's Bryce Young and Javon Baker as the two players that are probably in the best position to earn a starting spot next year. Um, I expect Javon Baker to be one of the three starting receivers. I, I, I kind of expect it to be jo uh, Mechie. Uh, Baker, and then either Bolden or one of the, the slot receivers coming in, maybe Christian Leary. But I, th I think that um, Baker will be one of those outside receivers. And, and look, he's a guy that can do a lot. He he is physical. He he can he can get away from defenders as well. But the thing that strikes out to me is he makes some insane catches. I mean, I, I don't want to you know turn the hype up on him too much, but you know some of the catches you saw Devonte Smith make, you know. Javon Baker's making those catches as well in high school. He hasn't had the opportunity to make them at Alabama yet, but he's the king of some one-handed, some sick one-handed catches. I mean, you can go and you can find them um, on Twitter. And you know, I wrote a story about it actually in the uh, in the middle of the season after Jalen Waddle got hurt about just some of the catches he's made. But uh, Javon Baker's a, a serious talent. I kind of wish we would have been able to see a little bit more of him uh, last year, but. You know, it, it, it worked out pretty well for Alabama. I, I just expect him to be a guy that, you know, hooks up well, probably with Bryce Young. And, and uh, he's if, uh, I think he's a breakout player outside of this group. Just in, in total, the whole team, he, he, he's probably one of the biggest breakout players on the team. And so I'm expecting some big things for him. Here with Tony Sukal, talking about a couple freshmen who we feel could be a breakthrough. You can read Tony's article today that he put together on BamaInsider.com. Uh, the last player we're going to uh, talk about in this segment is uh, Jamil Burroughs. I, I don't even really have um, a photo of him. Uh, you know, we just didn't get to see him. This is the best. I have this photo that we could use, or I have this photo. <laughs> Look, I, maybe we should use this one. <laughs> there it is. It shows <laughs> the intensity. Yeah, it yeah. shows the intensity. So uh, let me switch out the bottom graphic. Tony, tell us uh, why we should uh, use, um, why we should watch for uh, Jamil Burroughs. So I know, you know, Tim Smith got the, the majority of the buzz when it came, you know, to, to new faces on the defensive line. But Jamil Burroughs also came in. He did a solid job, too. And he's a guy that kind of got some more opportunities when, uh, when LeBron Ray got hurt, you know, he, he only had, I think, what is it in the article, 65 total snaps. But he's a guy that, you know, just like Tim Smith, showed some promise on the defensive line. He got that opportunity from, you know, according to Nick Saban, uh, really standing out on the scout team. He was a guy that offensive linemen were having a tough time blocking. So he's a guy to watch, too. I mean, six foot three, 326 pounds. He probably more of a defensive tackle but you know the way Alabama kind of shifts in different packages he could probably play 
you know, as a second defensive tackle or, you know, he he doesn't have to necessarily be the nose guard, but he could be the nose guard. And so I I think he adds depth to that strong defensive front that we were talking about earlier in the show. Um, And he's just a guy to watch. I mean, Alabama has so many of these guys. Um, Just don't be surprised if a guy like Jamil Burroughs, you know, quote unquote, comes out of nowhere because uh, he's just as talented as the, uh, as some of the other defensive guys uh, on the front. So he's definitely named to watch. It's kind of funny. He's actually teammates with Javon Baker. So two of these guys yeah. came from the same high school at the same time. But, uh, but no, yeah, this is another guy, especially on defense. Sometimes, you know, I think you get more opportunities to make a difference or to kind of to show off your depth more on defense. And I, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jamil Burroughs kind of worked his way into the rotation at some point. It with Tony Sukala talking about a couple of freshmen that played less than 150 snaps during last season, uh, how they can contribute potentially in 2021. So we're not forgetting about, you know, Tim Smith or Malachi Moore, Brian Branch, any of those guys, just kind of adding um, some new faces to watch. And um, I, I was I put myself on mute. I was uh, in the background because my wife came up. She's like, can you hear our, our puppy barking? We just got a new French bulldog. So um, he's like uh, she is barking in the background. I don't think you can hear. Her. Can you, Tony? You can't. Hear no, it. no. <laughs> okay, all right. So new addition to the family. So we're excited about it for 2021. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this video. We're going to be doing um, different videos throughout the week, kind of talking about a variety of subjects. And uh, today we talked about uh, the basketball team to open up Alabama's potentially new hires from the NFL. And of course, you can go back and rewatch all this. We talked about the defense a little bit and Pete Golding. And then we talked about um, some freshmen who we are uh, really excited to see during 2021. Definitely hit the thumbs up, like, and subscribe. We appreciate you guys more than you know. Um, a lot of different uh, moving parts on BamaInsider.com, and you have certainly helped us grow as a company. Uh, tomorrow, um, I think we're going to have Mick Gillespie come back on and um, you know lead his Thursday show. Um, I might be back on. We'll we'll see how it goes. And then on Friday, um, we're going to have Trey Yannity lead the show. So we're uh, really excited about him. You guys know Trey Yannity from Monday Night Quarterbacks, so where he's kind of grooming him to be another uh, part of BamaInsider.com. So all the coverage back on Bama insider.com andrew bone tony sukalis mick gillespie kyle henderson myself uh trey entity all the moving parts uh make up uh bamiinsider.com we got a ton of information so if you want to get behind the paywall the free 30-day promo code is simply roll tide at checkout um thank you very much for watching hit the thumbs up and uh, we'll catch you next time right here on the bam effector on bamiinsider.com